Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to be in the house. Boy, Nick did such a great job last week. I got to watch the service online last week, and he was doing some kind of balance beam thing up here. I'm not doing that. I'm just telling you right now. There'd be too much... uh, residual damage to the stage and to my body if I did what he did. But I love that we have good preachers on our staff. You're going to hear from Nick a couple times this summer. You're going to hear from Ryan this summer too. Uh, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm taking a couple weeks off, of course, like most of you will as well. But again, be faithful to the house. Be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. Amen, church? Um, I love this series, Courageous. And you see how controversial is kind of... A little bit underscored there, because not every conversation we're going to talk about is is, uh, controversial. But there are times in our lives when we are called, and really, we're kind of sometimes even forced into a courageous conversation, aren't we? I love this verse out of 1 Chronicles chapter 28. Uh, God says this, God's word says this, David was talking to his son Solomon, and he said this, be strong and of good courage and do it. I love that. And don't fear or be dismayed for the Lord for the Lord God, my God will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until he has finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. We're going to talk today about confronting somebody that has wronged you. And I want to ask you a question. How many I don't know if if how you how you deal personally with confrontational conversations. I know there are people that kind of it, it, it kind of feeds their, you know, kind of feeds them a little bit, and they get kind of juiced up about it. Uh, how about you? How many of you would say I do everything I can to avoid confrontation? Raise your hand up in the air. Everything I can to do, I, I, I avoid it. All right. Second question: How many of you would say when there's confrontation, I'm not going to say I'm a brawler, but I don't back away from it either, and I could kind of do a, con- I could do a conversation like that. Raise your hand up in the air. Ben, you got to pick one or the other. You can't be neither nor. Okay, you got to pick one. Okay, this is it's one or the other. There's not a third choice, okay? But I'm kind of a person. Now, this is a little bit of a split personality thing, I think, too. I don't mind having conversations that are confrontational. I'm not, I'm not offended by them. I kind of think a good conversation like that should be healthy, right? I don't back away from it. Um, I, I don't want to say I enjoy it. Maybe I do. It just depends on what's it about. But here's, here's where my, my personality is a little bit split on, on that as well. I don't like having those kind of conversations online, right? I like somebody said something to me this week. Um, I liked something. All I did was like it. I hit the thumbs up button. Just liked it. I liked something that uh, Pastor Ed Young from uh, in Grapevine at Fellowship Church, I follow a lot of the stuff that they do, and I really enjoy um, they just have a great church, great ministry. And his wife said something this week, and this is where we're going to hit controversial a little bit, but I'm going to jump in and jump out, so just relax, okay? She made a comment about the clothing stuff from Target. Okay? You, you, you tracking with me? And I'm not going to get into that today. That's going to be in a couple weeks. And I'll be sure to give you a week's notice so you can really get geared up for it, okay? We're going to talk about that this month. 
But she just made a comment about it, and I liked it. I liked what she said. It was biblical. It wasn't mean. I don't think we need to be mean online, church, okay? I don't think we need to put our convictions out there for the whole world to see and, kind of, and, and, and be a jerk about it as well. We have to be careful of that, right? Because we're supposed to be salt and light, and we have to be careful the way that we conduct ourselves in the world. And it's hard because, man, navigating through some of these difficult issues is very difficult, and that's why we want to hit some of these things this month and really teach us how to communicate to people and still be Jesus Christ to people at the same time, Amen. So somebody say amen to that. Besides, okay, I want to hear you talking today a little bit. I was in New, I was in New England last week, and I was with a bunch of loudmouthed New England people that said amen when I just said how you doing today. So I need you spitting back at me today a little bit, okay? But come on. So um, so anyway, I, I liked it. Somebody wrote back, and this is what they said. Now listen, I've never said anything on. I, I'm pretty careful about what I say online. I promote our church. I promote Jesus. I promote my marriage, and I promote my family, and I promote my grandkids. That's what I do on my Facebook and my Instagram stuff. So I liked it. Just boop, thumbs up. And the person wrote back to me and said, what do you think is, what do you think is more important, stopping children from getting murdered or children seeing transgender clothes at Target? I'm, that's not even... Like, that doesn't even, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's no connection to that. You can feel what, whatever you want to feel about one way. You can feel whatever you want to about the other way. We want to try to follow what the Word of God says and not base what we do on our feelings. Amen, church? But it was such a weird thing, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even, I'm just, I'm not, because if I'm going to have a conversation with somebody, I am going to have the courage enough, courageous conversations, to do it face-to-face, not hide behind this big Facebook wall or Instagram wall where we get, where we get those kind of, you know, we get those muscles because nobody can see us and they can't talk. Like, you can hit what you want to do, send, close your computer and walk away and be like, yeah, boy, I just said what I wanted to say. That's not courage. That's cowardice. So in this conversation today that we're going to have, I want to talk to you about how to talk to somebody that has, that has wronged you. I want to ask you this question. How many of you have been wronged in your life, listen now, by somebody you care about. Raise your hand up. All right. Now, how many of you have been wronged by somebody that you don't care about? Put your hand up for that too. That's just about all of us. Okay, I get that. So I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you that is so clear about how to, how to deal with it when somebody sins against us or hurts us. Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said this. If another believer, now this is somebody else who's a Christian, right? Could be a member of our church, but another Christian that's in your life at any level says sins against you, then the Bible says you go privately to that person, to that person, not online, not to everybody else and their dog. You go to that person, the Bible says, and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, then you won that person back. You've restored the relationship. But if you're unsuccessful and they don't want to hear it, take one or two other people with you and then go back to that person so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If that person still refuses to listen, then take your case to the church or church leadership. Then if he or she won't accept the church leadership decision, treat that person as a pagan, and this is kind of funny, or a corrupt tax collector, okay? I'll tell you this. Here's what Jesus said. 
Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I'm also going to tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father will do it for you. And then it's, this is interesting because we've heard this passage, we've heard this verse applied to coming to church, right? If two or three are gathered there together, there I am in the midst. And we kind of apply that to church, right? If we're together worshiping, singing, bringing our tithes and offerings, listening to the word of God, if we're together in a life group, if we're together out to dinner, we pray over that dinner, if we're with our family and we invite Jesus to be a part of that conversation, we apply that verse, right? And it's really an abstract uh, application because when it says two or three are gathered there together, we, we celebrate that as a church, right? Oh, yeah, there's more than two or three people here. We're, we're having some Jesus time together. But isn't it interesting that that verse is at the end of this passage that says, take two people with you to go talk to that person that you have an offense with. Take somebody with you. Take it before the church. Do whatever you got to do to restore that relationship because... Where two or three are gathered there together in my name, I am in the midst of that. That's an, interesting, that's an interesting thing to consider, isn't it? It's almost a contrasting thing from what we're, what we're taught about that passage. Not that it's wrong to say that when we gather together, God's here, but he's also there in difficult conversations as well. I think we could say very plain and clearly. So I want to give you five steps this morning that you consider when we have a confrontation. Now, you've come on a very good Sunday. We're having a big lunch after church, and I smelled them onions out in the parking lot today and smelled that, those carnitas, and we've got some guacamole. I, how many of you love guacamole? Dear Lord Jesus, I love guacamole. Man, I love guacamole. So we're going to, so if I go about 10 minutes today, I hope that, no, I'm not going to do that, but I can promise you one thing. We're not going to be sitting here at 1130 going, is he ever going to shut up, okay? I'm not going to do that to you. But I want to give you some steps this morning to consider when you, when you have to have a confrontation. It's going to happen. Right? You're, you're going, listen, you're going to disagree with somebody this week. This week. It might even be today. Um, my wife and I this week, I don't know if she's in here or not. Oh, okay. I have to be careful how I'm going to say this. We had, a, we, had a, we had a little confrontation this week. How many of you had a conversation this week with somebody you love? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Some of you are going, <laughs> I don't know, right? We had a confrontation this week, and I was wrong. I was wrong. I wasn't wrong for what I, for, for what I was mad at. I was wrong for how I expressed, how I felt about it. Right? And I didn't handle the, com- the confrontation properly. Was there anything else I needed to say with that, honey? Is that, is that what, because she wrote my message today. I want to make sure I said that the right way. No, but it's the truth, though. I mean, I, I really did. I really did not handle a situation as good as I could have when I was frustrated about something. Right in the middle of studying for the... That I sent my notes to Jenna on Monday, and I'm studying all day this week. And then it's like God said, hey, that stuff you teach, you have to do too. I'm like, oh, I know, I know, I know. So let's, let's consider some things when we have a confrontation. Here's the first thing. Keep the goal in mind before you go into that confrontation. What's the goal? Here's, here's the goal for most people when they have a confrontation, right? For most of us, I'm going to be right at the end of this conversation. So no matter what we're talking about, at the end of this conversation, you're going to understand, whether you agree with me or not, that I'm right and you're wrong. And who wins in that conversation? Nobody does. 
Nobody does. You guys are laughing because you know this happens in all of our lives. So you're like, oh, yeah, this was this week. Oh, oh this was, you know. It's so real to us because it happens. And doesn't it, isn't it kind of funny? It really happens with the people that we're closest to more than it does others. Like I've had some confrontations. I had a, we had a confrontation last week uh, driving in Boston. My son-in-law, Johnny, was driving his car, and Nick and I were in the car behind him. Johnny had Ryan with him. So we had the small car with the little dudes up front and the big car with the big dudes in the back. That's the way it was, for real. And this guy was texting when he was driving. And he and, and the, the lane, the four-lane highway went into two lanes that people started to merge. And this guy wasn't watching what he was doing because he had his hand on his phone doing this in a, in a delivery truck. And he swerved over real quick. And, oh, I mean, he came within inches of rear-ending Johnny's car. He came so close that he turned this way to miss, and when he turned that way to miss, his truck rocked and almost fell on Johnny's car. Some of you know my son-in-law, Johnny. Johnny has to be careful with his temper sometimes. He's from Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, born and raised. On a playground is where he spent most of his days, right? Johnny's got a little, he's got a fuse on him. Now, he's grown so much, and I'm so proud of Johnny. But I'm telling you, I could feel Johnny's wrath from the car, from behind him. And Johnny was doing everything he could to pull up to that car and either invite that guy to church, I don't know what he was going to do, talk to him or whatever. So I had the opportunity, I'm in my car and I'm watching this, I'm going, oh Johnny, come on dude, just, just, just take a chill pill, it's all good, this guy's a knucklehead, da 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 da. And I, he kind of calmed down and I had the opportunity to go around Johnny and I pulled up right next to this guy in the truck. <laughs> and I rolled my, I said, hey, buddy, roll your window down. He put his window down. I said, hey, man, when you text and drive, you could really hurt somebody, especially in a truck this size. I said, you got to be careful. You could have killed my son-in-laws, and then I'd have to start taking care of my daughters again. That's what I said to him. Nick was in the car with me. He was kind of laughing. And I said that to him. He looked, and it was, and, and I was in my car, so he knew how big I was. And he looks at me, and he goes, Man, I'm really, really sorry. Please forgive me. I'm like, it's all good, bro. I'll tell the guy behind me that you're sorry too, right? So Johnny gets on the phone. Did you, did you say something to him? Did you? I said, I said what I needed to say, but I promise you I didn't say what you wanted to say, right? But that stuff happened, right? And, and those kind of, like those kind of confrontations, but they're not the ones that jack us up on the inside. They're not the ones that make us know that we need to pray afterwards, right? When we react instead of respond. Reacting is like a volcano. <laughs> Responding is when we think about what we're supposed to say and say the right thing. And there's a big difference with that. Listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 6. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly Help that person back to the right path and be careful not to fall in the same temptation yourself. Ephesians chapter 4, this is beautiful, chapter 26. And don't let sin, and, and, and don't, listen, don't sin by letting anger control you. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For if anger gives, for anger gives a foothold or an open door to the devil in our lives. Listen, if the goal is to argue then arguing it is. Were you ever in an argument with somebody and, and you, you just kind of kept it going and you were mad at that person but you forgot what the argument was about in the first place but you knew that you were right and they were wrong? Right? 
If the goal is, is for you to be right, and so that person admits that they're wrong, then you, you don't have restoration in mind. Evaluate your goal before you start the conversation and keep the end game in mind. What did the Bible say here in Galatians chapter 6? We restore that person. The goal in that conversation is not a right person and a wrong person. The goal in that conversation is so that we're right with one another. So that we're right with one another. And it's hard because, you know, if somebody hurts you, what, what we want to do in that conversation in our pious, righteous feeling sometimes is hurt that person because they hurt us. And that's when we, that's when we say words that hurt to one another. Um, I did a f- series a few years ago when we first came to Dallas. It was called Word Hurt. And we gave everybody those little Chinese carryout boxes, and they were cuss jars. So every time you said something mean to somebody, and every time you cussed, you had to put money in that. You remember that, John? We had people do that? Because I remember you brought one back that had thousands and thousands of dollars inside of it. But we did that. And what I should do is do that for summer camp fundraising, right? Because we're going to talk to you about summer. We want to help some kids go to camp at the end of the service today, and we want you to help us do that. Instead of doing that, just put some money in a jar every time you say something you shouldn't say, and we could probably take 1,000 kids to camp, right? When, when, when restoration isn't the goal, and so if you go to somebody that's hurt you, and, and your goal is, I want them to understand how much they hurt me, how I feel, what this did to destroy me, what this did to this, what this did to this, and you say, you got your feelings out, right? All that stuff about feelings, which is so dangerous. You expressed yourself, but you weren't exhibiting care, and sometimes we don't exhibit care to people we hurt because they hurt us. And our gut reaction is to hurt back. And isn't that a physics reaction, too? For every action, there's an equal what? Reaction. So we feel righteous in doing so, right? When Jesus said, if somebody cracks you on the cheek, what are you supposed to do? Turn the other cheek. That doesn't make sense. Why would we do that? Why would we let somebody hit us twice? That's got to be some kind of parable. He was just probably using that as some kind of... No, and then he said this, specifically talking to people that have been hurt by Roman soldiers, if one of those soldiers tells you to carry their 150 or 200 pounds worth of armor from this mile marker to that mile marker, and there was a specific law that said, if a Roman soldier comes up to you and asks you to carry their armor, you have to stop, even if it's middle of a work day, even if you're going to feed your kids or your kids are with you, you have to stop what you're doing and take that, and and here's what, this is what Jesus was speaking to to the Jewish folks about. They would take that armor at that point, and for that whole mile, they're just stewing. <laughs> you ever stew like that a little bit? Where you're kind of cussing under your breath a little bit, and, you know, not like bad cuss words, but like Christian cuss words, like darn, and stuff like that, right? Because none of us in here cuss, amen. Well, that was quiet. Anyway, and they would get to that mile marker, and they would do one of these things. There! You'd be mad about it. Jesus said, don't do that. Take it two miles. Shock them a little bit. Tell them to have a nice day. That's, that, doesn't that go, now listen, I want you to hear this. Doesn't that go against your very nature? But what is our very nature? It's sinful. We are born, we are born with the capacity to commit every sin that everybody else in this world commits. We are born in sin. That's, way, that's part of our nature. We want to eat. We want to breathe, right? We want to live. But you also want to sin. We have a desire to sin. We've got to fight, the Bible says, that flesh. Even after we accept Christ as Savior, that old man creeps up 
every once in a while inside of us and wants us to go back to that place that we're used to so Satan can have a victory, so Satan can have a foothold, the Bible says, sticking his foot in the door and keeping it open so he can get in and jack you up and jack up your relationships. You've got to keep the goal in mind. Before you have that conversation, what is the goal? Is the goal, I want that person to know how I feel? That's not a right goal. Is that person... Is that goal for you to express? I want to. I, I want my. I want to be heard. Why don't you let God hear from you a little bit and pray about it, and then go and talk to that person? If you don't think you could do that in a way that's going to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ, it's going to be in a way where your conversation is seasoned with salt, as the Word of God says. Then take somebody with you for accountability. That's what the Bible says to do. Keep the goal in mind before you start. Here's number two. Consider the nature. This is a harder one. Not only keeping the goal in mind before you start, but consider the nature of the person that you're confronting. So this person made me mad. And I've got to go talk to them because they've, they've hurt me and they've offended me or they've hurt my family or they've hurt this or they've hurt that. I, 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 I'm, I'm upset with them. And I need them to understand some things, but I also want to make sure we can get this out and get it settled so our relationship, right, keep the goal in mind. The goal is restoration in that relationship, not just I'm right and you're wrong. But you also have to consider because, listen, you and I are followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2 says, let this lifestyle be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The Jesus that said, if somebody slaps you on the face, turn your other cheek, is the same Jesus who got slapped in the face and turned the other cheek. And we're supposed to be like him. That's hard to do because he's perfect and we're not. But you don't just consider how you, you've got to consider that person. What was happening in that person's life when they wronged you? What kind, are, are, are they a brawler too? If you go up and talk to them, are they going to be like, you know, wanting to, you know, box it out a little bit? Are they going to be frustrated with you? Are you going to hurt them in the process? Because if your goal is hurt, you're going to accomplish that goal. But if your goal is restoration, you, you, and here, here's something that, that, that will really help you. Think about what you're going to do before you do it. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. We're reactors, right? Somebody says it, because if I don't say something back, then I'm a coward. And I don't want to be a coward, and I'm not letting anybody walk all over me, right? And I'm telling you, maybe part of the reason that I'm not uncomfortable with confrontation is being from that same beautiful hometown that my son-in-law is from. And my dad always taught me, stand up for yourself. Don't let nobody do this. Don't let nobody do that. And those are good kind of guy principles at a certain level, but not when it comes to my testimony and my relationship with Jesus Christ. Because whatever I do, whatever I, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, do all to the glory of God. Am I going to glorify God in this conversation? Do I care about the, the end game. Do I care about this person's feelings? Even though they didn't show care to me, which is hard to do. Isn't it hard to demonstrate care to somebody who doesn't care back? Isn't it hard to demonstrate love to somebody who's like, well, I don't care? Did you ever try to give somebody some love and be kindness and just kind of, they kind of go, meh. Man, that's, to me, that's just like, that boils me. Like if I'm trying to be kind or say hi or, you know, do something like that. My, my dad was funny. When people would walk into a store, we had, our, our store in Philly was just a tiny, tiny, tiny little convenience store. But my dad said hi to everybody, man. Everybody walked in the store. Hi, how you doing? Good to see you, da-da-da-da-da. And sometimes people would come in focused on what they were doing, not really know what was going on. They would, they're going in to get a sandwich or do whatever they're doing. And my dad would say, hey, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Thanks for coming into the store today. And they wouldn't respond. And my dad would say, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? You know, he would kind of do one of those things, you know. We have to, but what if that person just came from a hellacious 
awful hospital, home, death, pain. What's going on in that person's life should matter to us more than our own feelings. More than our own feelings. Um, Romans 3.23 says, we got to remember this, everybody's sin has fallen short of the glory of God. You have a sinful nature, so does that person that you need to go talk to. But Matthew 7, 1 says, don't judge others or you're going to be judged yourself. Feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Right? It's all based on our feelings. We have to be careful of that. Don't get your point across exclusively. You should be demonstrating to that person that you are talking to that you care about them as well. Easier said than done. Amen? So how, what's the process when we're talking? Here's the next point. Go to the offender first. This is what we usually do when we're hurt or offended. We have to build our case with other people. You will not believe what this person said to me this week. And you go, we get on the phone or we get on Facebook. Oh, can you believe that? And we get all of our likes and we get everybody mad with us. And then we have all this, you know, righteousness inside of us. That we're, you know, we're going to make this thing right. We're going to be conquerors of the world in this thing. Well, if somebody's offended you, if, if Brother Johnny has offended me because he's got a better beard than me and I'm offended at that, right? If he's mad at me for that. And I go talk to Marianne. I, man, I'm just so ticked at Johnny. He is just, oh, man, I'm so ticked at him. You know what I did? I sinned. Because I'm supposed to go to him. Hey, man, something happened last week, and I just want to make sure we're okay, because that kind of felt like da-da-da-da-da, and have a conversation with him, because I care about him, and I care about our relationship, and I care about his and my relationship with Jesus Christ. Johnny, I'm not offended at you for anything right now, just so you know that. And I know you, can, and I know you were really worried about that, right? But... So the Bible says, go to the offender first. Matthew 18, if another believer sins against you, go privately. You could underline that and highlight that if you want to. Go privately, not publicly, not with your gang, not on Facebook, not on social media, not with all your homies praying for you. Can you all pray for me? Isn't it funny how, how righteous and hypocritical we sound when we're talking about prayers? I had a guy say to me one time, Pastor, can you pray for me? I just got this woman I'm in love with. And I think she's the person I'm supposed to be with, and I don't know how to tell my wife. You know, I told him, I'm not praying for you, especially for that. And I'll tell you what I will pray, that you will listen to the Holy Spirit of God and help you understand that you're living in sin and that you are absolutely 100% out of God's will. Well, that's not what I asked you to do. Well, that's what you get. You know, that's, what, that's what you're getting today from this guy, right? I, I, that's what I told him. But you go to the offender first. But here's what we do. Like when, hey, um... I'm, I, I got to go talk this week to Jack, and he really ticked me off this week, and, you know, he just, he just said some things that really hurt my, can you pray for me as I go talk to him? Blech. What we said was how, how mad I was at Jack, and then we, we seasoned it with prayer, because we're, we're Christians, and we know how to sound so pious sometimes. Do the right thing. Go to him not everybody else, and say, Jack, dang it. I had somebody say to me uh, last week at Anthony's church, they walked up to me after church, and they, they didn't, uh, up in New England, they, and they don't know me that well because they were new to the church. They said, hey, where are you from? And I said, why do you ask that? Do, it, does my voice sound like I'm from somewhere else? And you know what they said? You sound like you're from the South. Wow. Offended. <laughs> I had to go to that brother and tell him I was offended. I'm from Philadelphia. And they said, well, you said, dang it. I said, that's Southern? Yes, that's Southern. 
Dang it, I said it again, right? So, you know, you go to the offender first. Here, here you go. Now, if that person is like, talk to the hand, I don't want nothing to do with what you're talking about. You, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to have any of this. Then the Bible says that's when you need to bring other people in. But not building your case to be mad at somebody, restoring the relationship is the goal, right? So the second part of that is we take other people with us, spiritual People that will pray through that. People that aren't going to be there ready to throw down, you know, just in case it gets ugly. He said in verse 16 and 17, but if you're unsuccessful in that first conversation, take one or two others with you, go back again, so that everything you say, so that everything you say may be confirmed with two witnesses. I think that's very significant. How many times have you had a conversation with somebody and you went back and visited that conversation and they said to you, that's not what you said. That's not the way I saw that thing going. No, no, your spirit was wrong. You're t Listen, when you bring two other people with you, check this out, church. You're not bringing them to stand with you hmm, mad at that person. You're bringing them with you to keep you in check. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. You're telling those two people, listen, pray that I say the right things. Listen to what I'm saying. And if I step out of line a little bit, say, dude, take a chill pill, back it off a little bit, take the emotion level down, let's do this in a way that honors Jesus Christ. They're there to hear what you say just as much as they're here to hear what the other person's about to say. That's hard. Because here's what you're doing. This is where it's really, 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 really hard for a lot of us. That means you're submitting to authority in your life. Man, submission's hard. Submitting to the Word of God is hard. Submitting to other people. We don't like people telling us what to do. I, I, I personally, my big, big struggle in my life, here's a little bit of Ed for you, one-on-one. -on -one. I have a disobedient spirit. Does anybody else like that so I don't feel alone this morning? A little bit of disobedient spirit. I, I just don't like being told what to do. Like out of nowhere, when people have, sir, like if you go like to a park or go somewhere in the mall or you're somewhere, sir, you're not in the right line. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. You need to take that tone down a little bit, girlfriend. Like I, get, like, I have to be careful with that kind of stuff. I have, to, I have to check my spirit. That's why you take people with you. So you don't respond or say things you shouldn't say. And so they could say, you know what? They really did say the right thing. You really did the right thing. We prayed about it. They didn't respond the way you're supposed to. And then after that, the Bible says, if the person refuses to listen, you take it to church leadership. I've had to do that maybe two or three times in my life where people, have, where we said, okay, let's send some deacons with you and we'll da 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 and we'll be praying for you. Just do, and then, hey, pastor, they won't, they might, can you please come with us? And we'll you know, we make an appointment and it's hard and sometimes it works out. It's, it just escalates. Sometimes it's kind of pouring more, gasoline on the fire, you know, and you got to be careful with that. But you know, when you, here's, the, here's the, the biggest principle we can learn from all this is this, church. When you do things the way the Bible tells you to do those things, God blesses. When you do things separately, on your own, apart from biblical standards, you're going to find yourself in a mess. And God doesn't give us these rules, right? God doesn't give us these standards because he's, don't have sex before you get married, because <laughs> I don't want you to have fun. That's not why it is. He's doing that because he cares about us. Don't cheat on your husband or wife, because he cares about us. Don't lie to people, because he cares about us. Don't do this, because he cares. He, these, these sins that Satan gets us all junked up in, Satan does that because he knows he wants to, be, he wants to kill us, and he wants to destroy us, and he wants to ruin the testimony of all of us.
That's why it happens. God's way is always the better way. And it's harder. Isn't it harder to do right sometimes than it is to do wrong? Aren't shortcuts great? Right? We always think when we turn on our, 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 our map thing. My wife, I use the regular Apple map thing. She does the one that tells us where there's traffic and stuff like that. What's it called again? Waves. She loves. You got to get Waves on your phone. I'm dis- I like this one. This is one I like to use. I don't even like Google Maps. I like Apple Maps. It's one I'm used to. It's one I'm going to use. She says, that means there's traffic. We're going to be here for a while. I love you anyway. You know, it's just it's one of those things. But because of that, here's what winds up happening. Sometimes the shortcuts aren't really shorter. I'm not going to do it the way that God wants me to. I'm going to bypass that. We'll go this way. All right. Here's the last thing so we can pray for food. Remember something, church. You are a living, walking, breathing manifestation of the presence of Christ in this world today. You display Jesus. Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind, and here's another translation of that Greek word that was used for mind. Let this lifestyle be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So here's what it's telling us to do. Shocker. Do things the way that Jesus did them. We would all go, oh, yeah, I need to do things the way that Jesus did them. Well, here's what it means. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but here's what he did. As God in the flesh, God's only begotten son, here's what he did. He didn't come here to make a reputation for himself, right? The Bible says he took on the form of a servant, number one, He came in the likeness of man, and being found in appearance as a man, he was a servant. He humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So what's the example of Jesus Christ when we're talking to other people, especially in these these, these difficult conversations? Humility, obedience, and a servant spirit. That changes the whole tone of the conversation, doesn't it? Dear Father in heaven, can you please help me? I'm going to talk to this guy this, my, our, I feel weird around them. This isn't right. We got to get this thing straightened out because we're family, because we're church family, because we're neighbors, whatever that situation is, because it's my wife, because it's my husband. We need our relationship to be right. Father, help me to demonstrate Christ's likeness in the way that I talk to my wife or my husband. Lord Jesus, help me keep the end goal of reconciliation and restoration, not hurt, not being right, not being the person that's in charge, not making my point, Please help me keep restoration and, and, and uh, reconciliation in my spirit. Let that be the end goal because, God, I want to forgive that person. That changes your tone, doesn't it? Then go in there and want to make it right. Right? Remember, you display Jesus. What if they refuse to reconcile that relationship? What if you do all that? Man, this happened to me one time. Somebody came up to me. Pastor, I went line for line on everything. They kind of came at me like they were like, you were wrong, like that kind of a thing, right? I'm like, let me just say something to you, right? Listen to what the Bible says in Romans 12, 18. Do all that you can to live in peace with everybody. Do everything you can. I wanted to respond back to that person. I own a gun, and I'm not buying transgender clothes from, from Target. Take a chill pill. Why do you care that I like something? something? Like, that was my... But you know what? I may see that person someday, and I will because they're, they're in my life. I'll see that person someday, and I don't want them to remember how against them that I am. I want to know that I'm for them, and I represent him. See, if your whole life is all about your name and your success and what people think about you, then you're centered on yourself, not on Christ. 
There's, there's a humility opportunity here. There's an obedience opportunity. There's being a servant. Man, if we would do that all, hey, listen, if we could all understand how to do that, wouldn't life be a lot easier? But here's the great thing. God gave us his word to learn from it. God gave us his word to submit to it so that we would change, so we can influence others. And he's not mad at us when we mess up. Oh, Ed shouldn't have said that to his wife. Here's what he wants. Hey, get that thing right, you knucklehead, because I have blessings for you that you're, you're stopping me from doing. I want to bless your life. I want you to influence other people to do the right thing. Get that thing right so I can keep using you. And then I do what I've done 700,422 times since I've been married. Hey, babe, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Good. Now let's have dinner. Okay, let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you today. By being here, by remembering on Memorial Day people that laid their lives down so that we can have live in a free country, preach the word of God boldly, proclaim the name of Jesus Christ until you come. That's not legal in so many other countries, but great men and great women sacrificed. Families have made sacrifices so we can do that today. So when we look inside of your word today, Lord, and understand to whom much is given, much is required. God, what you require of us is to live like you, to treat others the way that you do, to live humbly, to live obedient, and to be a servant. But God, here's the thing, and I know you know this because your son was hurt a lot when he was here on the earth. His disciples hurt him by running away, and you still loved them and forgave them. People he created, you said in John chapter 1 that you came unto your own, and your own didn't even receive you. Your family mocked you, but you still loved, and you forgave, and you still died for the sins of everybody. Lord, I don't want anything in my life, and I don't want anything in the lives of every sweet lady and kind gentlemen in this room that anything in our life would hinder somebody from coming to Christ but unfortunately our, our, our flesh, the devil gets his foot in sometimes and sometimes it's our anger, sometimes it's the way that we treat people sometimes it's our impatience help us to be courageous enough to do what's right anybody can be like everybody else it takes real courage to be a man of God, to be a woman of God and stand up and do the right thing and handle those difficult conversations in a way where we're representing Christ, where restoration is the goal of that conversation. And at the end of that conversation, all of that takes place with forgiveness and unifying that relationship again. You get the glory for that, God. I thank you for being patient with us and teaching us and showing us how to be better men and women in front of other people that are in our lives. Hey, I, I want you to keep your eyes closed and your head bowed just for a second. I, I, I'd like to pray for you if you'll let me do that. I don't when we do a hand raise sometimes, it's not so I can come back and say, hey, man, I, what's going on, dude? No, I'm just going to pray for you. Not by name. Would never embarrass anybody or put your business out there publicly. But maybe you have somebody in your life that you need to have a courageous conversation with. Somebody. If that's something you know that needs to happen in your life at some point, would you just lift your hand up and I'll remember you in prayer in just a minute. Pastor, pray for me. I've got to have a courageous conversation with somebody and I need to do it soon. Father, you see our hands. More importantly, you know our hearts. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that prompts us, that guides us, that teaches us, that gives us the strength and the courage to do those things that we can't do on our own. Help us to depend on you as we cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. We love you, and we thank you for this great day where we can come not only together, Lord, to worship and to be together as a church family, but even as we go outside and have lunch in a couple minutes, we ask you to bless our food and our time of fellowship today. Thank you for this country 
Thank you for men and women who gave their lives so that we could be here today in freedom. And we honor you for that, Lord. And we don't want to take that for granted. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.